Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Weekly Podcast. Yes, the ashes may be over and we're nearly in October, but the 2019 English cricket season, like Old Man River, just keeps rolling along. We've just had one of the most bonkers rounds of county championship action in recent memory and the next week, coming up, we've got the last round of the county championship. I'm Yazrana and with me at Lords to digest all that is the Times cricket reporter and Wisdom Cricket Monthly columnist Lizzie Ammon. Thanks for joining me today, Lizzie. You're welcome. Have you managed to get a bit of a break off the Oval? Oh, really? No. no. <laughs> Still goes on. Um, well, we might as well start with what we just heard today at Lords from Ashley Giles. They announced the central contracts for the year ahead. Uh, I guess the headline stories there are, well, Joffrey Archer got his first contract. Yeah. And that was no surprise. Joe Denley only getting a white ball contract, despite him being in the test side and not in any of the white ball teams. Yeah, bit odd, because he's been given a white ball contract despite not being in the World Cup squad. And he's played uh, the last eight test matches it and not got a test contract um i mean i guess that sort of indicates that he might not be in their long-term plans for test cricket which seems harsh we're just waving at phil tufnell <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it seems harsh but i guess that you don't you don't hand out massive central contracts willy-nilly and they are worth a lot of money now but they have given him a white ball contract despite him not being the white ball team do you think that that means that he's in their t20 plans a lot more than he was in their ODI plans well quite possibly and he did let's not forget have a fantastic Mm. 2018 in the the T20 blast didn't he 100 and a a hat trick wasn't there in one match Um, so yeah I think quite possibly he is he is in their T20 T20 plans Um, Mm. certainly over the winter for the for, for for at least for the moment, um, they and obviously they're going to rest some people for the New Zealand T20s. Mm. So he'll be one of the senior players and probably quite important. And he took a three for as well for England in a T20I back at Sri Lanka. So yeah, he has he has. I guess England haven't played that much T20 cricket recently, no. so that must be part of it. Um, but the biggest news is Moeen Ali is is asked to take a break from Test cricket, um, and that's part of the reasoning behind his. Uh, non-awarding of a test contract he has got a white ball contract um what do you make of that news well i mean i wasn't expecting him to get a test contract i mean he'd very much fallen down the 
pecking well, order. I thought he was going to get one. No, no, I absolutely didn't. Um, because uh, even if he'd wanted one, I don't think he was okay. going to get one. I mean, he's very much not the frontline spinner anymore. Um, and but he was for so long. Yeah, but I think that I think it was very clear from um, from uh, pretty much the whole of the summer that something was not quite right at mm. all. Um, and Edgebaston was, let's face it, it was a horror show, wasn't mm. it? I mean, it was just horrific. Um, and uh, uh, I, I think if you're writing your 11 for the next test and the test after that and mm. the ones in South Africa, Jack Leach is your spinner. <laughs> and, and then you don't hand out a test contract to someone who isn't your number one spinner. And they haven't actually handed a central contract to Jack Leach either. There isn't mm. a spinner, unless you count Joe Root, in the, <laughs> cent- in the test contract list. I, I agree, but I find it quite difficult to get my head around the rationale behind a lot of the contract. So six, six, six of the ten contracts have been given to seam bowlers. I think that's strategic, isn't it? Because they want to be able to manage them. So if they are on a central contract, then they get much, much more say over their workload and what they do and how they manage them. Um, and that's clearly... Uh, maybe I'm giving them too much credit here, but <laughs> I think some of it is looking ahead two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And they very much, um, as she said, you know, we've got to have a, a battery of fast bowlers. This is mm-hmm. what Australia did when they came here. And there were six of them, didn't they? And um, we've got to have a battery of fast bowlers. And that involves completely managing their workloads. And if you've got them on a central contract, they're totally yours to manage. So let's talk about county cricket. Can you remember a week of county cricket where there have been so many remarkable individuals? Uh, it was bonkers. Although, I mean, you know, county cricket's gone a bit under the radar this summer, hasn't it? Understandably for, so. For, for yeah. obvious <laughs> reasons. But it has been another incredible season yeah. of county cricket. So many lovely little stories, you know, veterans or youngsters breaking through or teams who are much greater than the sum of their parts and then teams with loads of money yeah. doing really badly. Well, you know, that's why we love the championship, isn't it? Because it's so gloriously unpredictable. I, th- we, I think we had about nine individual performances this week that w- in a normal week would have been stop the press. That was one of the best performances of yeah. the season. Um, it's all happened in one week. Uh, so let's start at the top of the table, the ones that impacted the Division 1 title race. So Somerset start of the week, eight points clear of Essex. Then they faced Carl Abbott, Liam Dawson and James Vince down at the Aegeus Bowl. <laughs> Carl Abbott took 17 for 86. 17 for 86 across the two innings. The best first-class match figures since the Lakers' 19 wicket hall. The 1956 Old Trafford test, he's quite, he's quite good. Isn't he? Does it not make you feel a bit sad that he's not playing international cricket? I think so. Yeah, he does. me too. Yeah, but with our county championship hats on, <laughs> great for the county <laughs> championship. Absolutely brilliant for the county championship, and it is great for people, uh, f- for our young batsmen to face someone like him, mm. like Morning Morkel. You know, they are good for they are good for county cricket, mm. and they're actually good for English cricket because our our batsmen get to face some of the good bowlers. Uh, you know, there's a bigger debate to be had about goal packs and it, yeah. all of that. But 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 it is good for, for, for people to be facing that. Yeah, I mean, Abbott has been dominant in English cricket since his arrival. And unlike Mornay Morkel, he actually arrived, uh, who arrived at the end of his career. Uh, he joined us in his prime. It's, it's brilliant for, for young players to face that. But do you think that with how well Abbott and Harmer, we'll get onto Harmer later, have been doing, does that, who, who didn't, really excel at test level it's part of the reason why they've come here does that say something about the overall standard of county cricket I, I mean it possibly does yeah and we know that county cricket can often be very bowler dominated mm. um you know and Essex have prepared pitches that suit Harmer that's perfectly that you know that's they're perfectly entitled to to do that mm. I mean obviously we have to remember that there are other issues at play within South African um, cricket aren't there and and so that is some of the reason why some of them choose the stability of a county contract um, rather than the sort of um, slightly shaky 
you know, selection mm. policy uh, within South Africa. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's tricky, but I, I mean, it, it is absolutely great um, for it's great for great for Hampshire, and obviously they've they've ensured safety, um, uh, and and great for people to face someone of that quality. And he is. He's exceptionally good, isn't he? Not to take too much away from his performance, but I've always thought to take that many wickets in a game, you kind of need your teammates to have a bad day too. So because to take 17 wickets, you need to bowl a lot of overs, which means that other people have to bowl a lot of overs and not take too many wickets. Um, so if I were the Hampshire coach, I'll be, I'll be wondering why, yeah, wondering why others, others weren't <laughs> at the party. Yeah, um, it was also a remarkably green pitch, wasn't it? Like, was. The pictures that went out on Twitter before the game, so I'm not surprised that it was a low-scoring game, which actually makes James Vince's performance all the more impressive. Oh, it was he's just so frustrating. Inning. Yeah, I mean, he, so he scored <laughs> just... on a pitch, as we've said, which wasn't exactly a batting paradise. He scored 142 out of 226 Hampshire second innings runs. I'd argue there are few, if any, batsmen in England, heck, the world, who could play in innings like that. Um, he, as you say, he is he is very frustrating do you think that, that that innings will have any bearing on whether or not he features over the winter oh, for England I really don't I think th- there are only so many times you can keep going back to mm. a player aren't there um, and I do think they're probably looking elsewhere but I, I mean I don't know what his average is across the season but he has had he has also had those games where he's looked glorious for two fours and then mm. nicked off you know he, he has had a typical Vince innings on more than one occasion. Um, I don't know that those things that that he struggled with at Test level, he's actually sorted out. He's just managed yeah. to find a way at county cricket. It's been a really weird summer for him because before the summer started, a lot of people thought that he'd bat in the top three for England in Test cricket. Um, and I think because he moved up the order in ha- yeah. at Hampshire to try and give himself a, a, the best chance. And I think he got an early season big hundred there as well. And then it was almost, it was, it was actually his, his World Cup performances has kind of battered himself out of a position as being talked about as a possible candidate for the top three yeah, for England against Afghanistan, Sri Lanka yeah, and Australia. It's really, so it's, it's funny really how... Look at the races, yeah. didn't at all at the World Cup. It's amazing if he scored runs of those games, he, he could have made it very uh, difficult yeah, for Jason Roy to come yeah, back on the side. And yeah. It's amazing how the game can change so quickly. And then down the road at Chelmsford, Essex moved 12 points clear at the top of the table with an innings victory over last year's champions, Surrey. So Dan... Lawrence, a key figure in their 2017 title win and still only 22, scored a vital 147 and Simon Harmon took a second inning seven foot. Good to see Lawrence back in the runs. Yeah, he's a real talent, Dan Lawrence. I I mean, I do wonder if he might be one of those players who will just be a prolific county player and we might he, he might not be uh, only 22. Uh, he is only 22 <laughs> I know but he's um he's not he's obviously not really in the thinking at the at the moment but you know if you put together as we as we've seen with um with Jason Roy as mm. we've seen with with uh, Rory Burns you know you churn out three or four seasons of a thousand runs and then all of a sudden they can't ignore you yeah I mean and also it's not the easiest place to bat at, at Chelmsford Simon Harmer uh, Jamie Jamie Porter, Sam Cook, they take they buckets full of wickets every, the, the, every week. The wickets at Chelmsford are there to help their, their exactly. bowling exactly. attack. And, and, and it's no coincidence that the two sides at the top of the table are two teams that win lots of matches. They play on result pitches. And Lawrence averages over 40 with a 22-year-old and a place that's very difficult to bat in Division 1 of the Championship. So I, want, I wonder how how far away he is from, from, from England or at least England Lions cricket. Well, I suspect he's, I mean, I suspect he's still very much, you know, being scouted. Mm. He's one of the, however many they scout every year and I think it's about 200 that they mm. have regular reports on. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not writing him off at all, but I wouldn't think he's on winter tours. So how do you see next week going? So Essex and Somerset face each other at Taunton. Somerset must win to win the title to overturn that 12-point deficit. Well, should we ignore the weather forecast? Yeah, I, I was uh, going to mention that. Uh-huh, um, <laughs> the weather forecast is dreadful. Uh, uh, I mean... Essex only need to draw, which changes the equation. It doesn't help Somerset to prepare a raging Turner because Jack Leach is back because there's the Simon Harmer mm. factor. So I don't know that that really would help them. Um, it's it, it, it's it's incredibly frustrating because <laughs> Somerset have been so consistent at the first half of the season and they were looking really good. And then they just had these couple of matches where they've really cocked it up Mm. Um, but isn't it fantastic that it goes down to the final week again you know it happens so often doesn't it that we go down to the right down to the wire which makes me think that actually the 14 games is probably right in terms of you know culminating to to, to a dramatic end Um, it would be very Somerset wouldn't it just to not be able to quite get over the line again but they have already got a trophy this year I was looking at uh, the the Somerset player statistics for the season they're quite remarkable so no Somerset batsman averages more than 33 in the county championship and they could they could well end up winning it but eight of their bowlers have taken five wicket hauls and they've got nine bowlers who average under 30 and six who average under 21 they have got an incredibly strong bowling attack Um, to uh, the point at which you've got England potential players not getting in their team yeah, absolutely. Over- yeah, yeah, in their team. absolutely and um i mean and that's fantastic and we do know that you know in the county championship a, a bowling attack and the depth of bowling because it's such a long season you mm. have to be able to have rotation and you have to be able to have quite a lot to be able to draw on um but um I think with their batting, what it shows is they're greater than the sum of their parts, really. is There's no one player there who was what got them up to the top of the uh, up to the top of the to the uh, top of the division. Um, and that's and, and also a lot of them are very young. I mean, there's even if they don't win it this year, mm. you don't think they're going to be one of those sides that this is their this is their chance. And next year is going to be a disaster, mm. as with as with some sides, you think that actually they'll probably be there or thereabouts next year again as well. How important a role do you think Tom Abel has in that, in creating a team atmosphere where they are better than some of their parts in a team that doesn't have star batsmen at the moment? He's quite a young guy, elevated captaincy at a very young age. I think what's really important, him, Tom Banton, um, George Bartlett, uh, I mean, so many of them are local guys mm. um, and, and they play for Somerset, they play for the badge, mm. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but actually I think... Tom being a local guy, being Somerset through and through, um, is really important mm. for Somerset. And, and, and he's really growing into that role, actually. You know, it was a bit shaky when he first... He was a young captain, young to be appointed. Uh, and it had a bit of an effect on his batting when he was first appointed. But he's really grown into the role. And, uh, you know, he's such a lovely batsman to watch, isn't he, Tom? Mm. He's wonderful. Uh, going to the other end of the spectrum, Darren Stevens put in one of the all-time great championship performances this week. Out of contract at the end of the season, he's been told he's not getting a contract for 2020, but something yeah, tells me that might yeah, change in the next few days. <laughs> he first scored a double hundred coming in. Well, he didn't come in, but at one point, Kent were 39-5, and then he took figures of 18 overs, seven maidens, five for 20 in the second innings to help Kent pick up a 433-run victory over Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, he's 43. That, that, is, that is insane. How does he keep doing it? Since his 40th birthday, he scored 2,500 first-class runs at 37. He's taken 184 wickets at 20. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's, I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. And uh, But I think 
what it is with him is he's just a smart cricketer and as he's got older he's adapted his game and he knows he knows how mm. to he knows how to take wickets particularly he knows what to do i mean he's bowling so slowly he's nearly bowling backwards <laughs> but it's still really effective i mm. mean it wouldn't be effective on on completely flat decks we know that he knows that um but the it's the double century quite quite stiff the day after i think (laughs) um but i think i mean even if he doesn't get another kent contract someone else will swoop in definitely how i don't understand how kent you're not offering a contract off that he's no i mean i did sort of understand the reasoning of not renewing his contract in a sense i mean you can't keep <laughs> you know there has to be a point where you go he is 43 he <laughs> isn't he isn't how we build a team yeah. for the future you know build a successful team but equally he is just one player mm. uh, and uh, the thing is though when you've been in the game that long you are you're quite expensive you know you command a decent salary and with budgets tight you have to think about whether he's a luxury player mm. and whether you are going to get the most out of him but if he does that, I mean, he's, you know... What? No-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And Sam Billings as well, getting his second 100 in consecutive games. He's not played much cricket this year because of injury. I think a few years ago when England toured the subcontinent, people talked about him potentially being called up because he's a very good player of spin. He's not played that much first-class cricket for a guy who's 27. and he's But he's obviously a very talented cricketer and he's never really racked up runs consistently in first-class cricket to ever really warrant an England well, test call-up. I mean, I'm not saying they should now... No, I mean, it's very encouraging. The problem with Billings is that because he has been in and out, I mean, he plays IPL, which Mm. is obviously his choice, but he's been in and out of the England team. He's been carrying drinks around for the England team. He's had a lot of seasons where he's not been able to consistently just play cricket because Mm. he's been standing with England with a bib on. Yeah. Um, uh, And then so frustrating this year when he wasn't going to be in the World Cup side and he wasn't going to be in the Ashes side, he could have had a whole Mm. summer playing a lot of cricket and then he gets injured incredibly frustrating for him but I think he will go to New Zealand for the T20s um, because uh, I think they will want to rest one of best or butler I mean they may not but um, I think they will want to rest one of best mm. or butler they need a keeper he's obviously um, you know he's obviously a, a very talented T20 player he keeps getting an IPL contract you know um, so I think they'll take him to New Zealand for those five T20s I think he probably is in there thinking for the world t20 next year or at least very much kind of one of the long list of the squad mm. you know um so yeah uh, great to see him him get some first class runs we've never really had the opportunity to see him an extended run in first class yeah. cricket to see what he can do exactly it's a, that's a massive frustration though because he is so talented and he's one of those people who if he never ends up playing a test match you will always wonder what if what if yeah, he yeah. had a had, had a but, if he had but, those uh, nine games uh, in the middle equally, of summer He's chosen to take the IPL money and that is going to impact on your mm. ability to take to get into the test team. If you choose not to go to the IPL mm. and play those first eight rounds of county championship, you understand a better chance. You pay your money, you take your choice, don't you? Yeah, very true. Um, somebody who, who probably will make his test debut quite soon, Dom Sibley. He's not let the England talk get to his head. He scored 1,428 first-class runs a season at 68 he averages pretty much 20 more than anyone else and he's in got Division about 400 one. more runs than anyone yeah. else in the division hasn't he? he also he gets out every one in 156 balls and i think that's a really underrated metric when analyzing openers in particular yeah. particularly with how england's I mean, lower he, middle order is like if you've got somebody who just eats up balls is, as much as anything else is, that's really valuable he is 
uh, he's got an incredibly retro strike rate, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, he's very, he's very slow. Very twentieth um, century. Yes, <laughs> which uh, I mean, I think is d- is delightful. Um, and sheer weight of runs, I think, has made him. Mm. M- you know, he's lo- he's knocked really loudly on the door, and it would be odd and send out a little bit of a weird message if he wasn't a, a part of the squad mm. to go to New Zealand. Now, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be the answer and it's also is there a space you know how are we moving the people around Rory Burns and Joe Denley have earned the right to stay there for the moment I think I'd move Denley down to three is where he bats for Kent what and then move Root down to four which is basically where everyone is better then you've got to take someone out Jason uh, Jason and Besto so then you need another one so my my England top seven so yeah so Pope comes in for me so my England top seven is Burns, Sibley, Denley, Root, Stokes, Pope, Butler. Pope I think. six? Yeah. Wow. Better been easy. I think he's our best natural talent. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I think yeah. he's absolutely on the plane yeah. to, to New Zealand. Um, I, I th- I'm not quite sure what they'll do with him, but um, but I think he... And I think Jason... Now, it's difficult one with Jason Roy, isn't it? Because England are always quite tempted, mm. I mean, uh, rightly, to not ditch people too soon. But if he's not the opener... Uh, there are better middle order, order options, mm. I think. So, the, which is harsh, oh, harsh on Roy, really harsh. But it's cricket, isn't it? As mm. Ashley kept saying to us today, yeah. that's, <laughs> cricket, that's cricket. <laughs> it is what it is. People have been uh, on Sibley again. People have been quite critical of his style and his aesthetic. Um, what have you made of him when you've seen him? I mean, it isn't a classically MCC textbook technique, but neither is Rory's, neither is Steve Smith. I mean, do we make too much of that? Mm. Clearly, he's churning out the runs. Now, what we don't know is how he steps up to international mm. cricket. And sometimes people... Are we, I mean, there are lots of cases, aren't there? Sometimes people just don't. Um, and yeah. and he's obviously very good against the moving ball in county cricket, which mm. will be... In, in New Zealand, the ball will move, um, and they've got very good, you know, uh, sw- swing ball, team ball attack. Um, what will be interesting is when it comes to South Africa, if he's there, on, on, on pitches that he won't really have played on here um uh, and whether that that challenges his technique but you know you only know by shoving him in there don't you really i've heard from people at warwickshire that he's got um an incredible appetite for run scoring he he really has that almost smith-like quality of when he's in he is not giving his wicket away he's not satisfied with just scoring 100 i mean he scored two double hundreds this season i mean he famously scored that 244 as a a schoolboy, which is a, a quality that well, I mean, I was going to ask you actually later on, but I might as well ask you now. So the Trevor Bayliss interview, lots of things came up on that. And Trevor Bayliss said that perhaps county cricket has is, is gone soft in, in one way or another. And, and Sibley is somebody who certainly isn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, he said sure lots I, of things. He said he? lots yeah. of things. Not, I, I don't necessarily agree with any of them, really. Uh, certainly not about chopping the number of uh, uh, the number of counties. I'm not sure how that helps. Um, I'm not sure how you grow a game by having fewer people playing it. But... Um, uh, I, mean, I think he's right about pitches. They mm. aren't test match pitches. And, and so, you know, you, you do need your first class um, game to be as close as it can mm. be, really, um, to prepare people. Um, I, I think one of the problems is because county cricket has been so bowler friendly, 
for the last, I don't know, however many years, that if you're a top-order batsman, you are going to go quite aggressive because there's a ball with your name on, so you might as well try and get as many runs as you can before that ball gets mm. you. Um, and that sort of changed their mindset a bit, is, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of here, something, the ball's going to do something, mm. and I'm just going to go for it and see if I can rack up 30 or whatever mm. before before I get out. So that has changed, the, the I think, changed the mindset of the top-order batsman. Mm. It has been incredibly hard <laughs> for top-order batsmen. I mean, not just in county cricket, in test cricket, it's been really, really hard, mm. um, which is why it's so admirable that Sibley has got so many runs and he um, does that in, in the way he does yeah um down attacks. Uh, yeah so I, I i think he has made himself well i mean it, he's made himself sort of unignorable if that's a word mm, absolutely um so at the start of the season lizzie we made predictions on this podcast for yeah let's how we sure, thought can, the can we not, county championship can we not go, go back to them i uh, know we are uh, so <laughs> as i mentioned about 50 times during the season i predicted essex would win who did you tip for the Tigers? Oh, again? not, yeah. Yeah. yeah so they, they've lost again. So they've gone yeah, 13 they games without a win. Yeah, um, they have been truly woeful. Why? I mean, uh, my column in this month's mm. um, wisdom was all about Nottinghamshire. It's very hard to put your finger on one thing. And now that sort of elusive team culture, which you don't get, I think, when you just pluck people from all the different counties. They're the anti-Somerset. They're kind of the anti-Somerset, yeah, the anti-Worcestershire, you know. They they pluck them, shove them together, and they're all incredibly talented guys. I mean, you look down the list, mm. these are good players. Mm. Um, Joe Clark's obviously had some issues earlier on in the season that have affected him. He said that, um, but, you know, fair play to him, he's started to come good towards the mm. end of the season. Ben Duckett has just not got the runs. Ben Slater hasn't. Chris Nash hasn't. I mean, They've dropped Samit Patel at some points. Something weird has gone on. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know quite what you can put your finger on, whether it's leadership, whether it's team culture, whether it's just one of those things that, that you know, I mean, if you, you, you kind of look at Surrey. These are not different personnel playing mm. for Surrey that they were last year, but it just hasn't worked this year. So it's interesting, uh, your point about team culture, because a lot of people will be listening and thinking, but hang on. When you're batting, you're doing one thing. When you're bowling, you're doing one thing. Cricket is a team sport but built up of infinite individual battles. Yeah, absolutely. But it's sort of, it's that thing you can't put your finger on. There's mm. a sort of hunger, a sort of appetite, whether there's some sort of mental problems. I mean, it's not, it's not because they don't work hard enough. I and mean, they work as hard as anyone. They're not, mm. you know, Peter Moores is a really good coach. He's a really good coach. Very few people other than when he was with England. And I think, I think it was thought that he was a bit intense mm. for England. But at county level, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Particularly if your side's losing. You need someone to, you need someone to give him a kick, bit of a kick occasionally. Um, so something is not right. Um, and, uh, I think some people, I'm not necessarily saying me, feel there's a bit of karma for not growing your own players. And that's, that, that's, that's, a, you know, that's not to say that they don't grow any. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very interesting point about Luke Wood. Now, mm. Luke Wood is leaving Nottinghamshire. Luke Wood is, is such a good cricketer. I mean, I rave about this lad. I think he's on a par with Sam Curran. I really do. Talk to us about Luke Wood. Well, a lot of our listeners won't He's seen leaving him much. to go to Lancashire. I mean, he's an all-rounder, uh, a, a bowling all-rounder. Um, but I, I really do think he is so talented and a, and a smart, smart cricketer. 
Um, but he's been shoved in and out on loan, called back, shoved out on loan again, messed about, I think, by, uh, by Nottinghamshire. And I am not in any way surprised that he's thought, they don't seem to be guaranteeing me mm. first-team cricket here. But every time he's gone on loan, he's absolutely been, you know, the stand, standout. And that's why they then called him back. But he's going to Lancashire. Um, I think a, a move is good for him. But it indicates to me some weird decision-making at Nottinghamshire. They let Billy Root go. Mm. And he's Very odd know, decision. thriving at Glamorgan. And he did well at Knott's when he played exactly. as well. And they let Ricky Vessels go. Mm. And he's been, you know, been a key part of Worcestershire. Mm. I think they just make some odd decisions sometimes. Mm. Um, you know, it's not, rock, it's not, it, it's not a scientific um, uh, sport, is it? Picking and who you release. And, you know, mm. they can't give contracts to everyone. But um, equally, I just think mm, sometimes some odd decisions. But... They've got an incredibly talented squad. Mm. They'll bounce back, I think. I mean, Joe Clark, I know he's obviously had a very tough season for a number of reasons. Last year, he was next cap of the rank for England. And there's a great Joe Clark stat, actually. So in the first game and most recent game of the season, Joe Clark scored 441 runs at 220, 300 and a lower score of 97. But in the rest of lots of games this season, he's got 175 runs at 10. And wow. he's got a high score, high yeah, score of 48. Uh, the wheels just fell off he for him. He was left out of their side yeah. in their most recent county championship game. He was left outside for the last, last quarter final. So it's good to see him back in the runs and, and hopefully he'll feature on the weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, for Knott's obviously getting to finals day and they were dominant in that I mean, that mm. quarter final. They absolutely took Middlesex to the cleaners, didn't mm. they? Um, uh, so, you know, winning, winning the blast would constitute something of a you know a successful season mm. but it is it is odd that they are the one team to go down given that there are other teams who've been quite rubbish too yeah so we'll going into division two uh lank's already up which as champions as yeah. champions two of gloucester northampton glamorgan will go up but gloucester and northampton are playing each other a draw and a few gloucester bonus points between the two sides will be enough to see them both go up Durham are the only other team in with a chance after Sussex defeat to Derbyshire. Louis Reese went full Darren Stevens by scoring a ton and taking a fifer in that game. That's all we've got time for for this week's show. Thanks for joining us, Lizzie. You're I'll welcome. be in Taunton for the County Championship title decider on Monday, praying that it won't rain. Thanks for listening, folks. If you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button and we'll see you soon. Podcast Network.